As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's settle this debate once and for all. This is Garth Maul. This is Darth Brooks. And this is Darth Garth. Okay, thank you. Thank you. morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. The basketball is good. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Basketball too good, so I gotta mention this off the top. How about those Leafs, eh? Oh, go yeah. Buds, go Buds. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. And last but not least, over yonder, it's the apprentice. It's Eshua Kid. <laughs> How y'all doing? Hey, 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 hey. man. We should just leave your mic on. That yeah. would be the move. <laughs> yeah, that'd be some I'm kidding. I'm seeing like it always gives you problems there. There's a lot going on over I here. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But we got to say hi to you. Yes, the people got to see you. You're right. You're Especially right. with this fit you got on. Yeah, you like. We're playing baseball. Yeah, looks good. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away, subscribe to No Dunks, and go get your No Dunks merch over at NoDunks.com. T-shirts hoodies, mugs. We got this new uh, Iverson Sixers era No Dunks um, shirt and hoodie and all that. So go check that out again at NoDunks.com. But we got to get right into it. We have so much NBA news to talk about later in this pod. But last night's games, my God, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the more entertaining nights of the NBA playoffs so far. And we begin with Jimmy Butler and his 56-point outburst as he just single-handedly wills the Heat to a Game 4 win to give Miami a 3-1 series lead over Giannis and the Bucks, And we watched it on playback, and I am i can't stop thinking about this game. <laughs> this takeover here from this guy. <laughs> Hit me, Butler. Will to win, you said. It sounds cheesy, corny sometimes, but absolutely that's what happened. It didn't just happen in the fourth quarter. I thought the first quarter was really, really important because the Bucks were showing the will to mm-hmm. win. It was a must-win game for them. They came out a double-digit lead. Giannis was looking very good. That's what everybody was saying. Oh, the back looks good. Broke with a monstrous block on Bam, and then Jimmy decided, we can't lose this game. We can't go back to Milwaukee 2-2 and... In that first quarter, I know everybody focusing on the fourth, but in that first, he went and dunked right through Giannis Tetkupo. Yeah. He dunked, or he scored around Giannis Tetkupo, and then jumper after jumper after jumper. He took eight jumpers, hitting seven of them. He's just scorching. Nine of ten in that first quarter. 
The Bucks were still leading at half by seven with Jimmy Butler's 24 points. He had 22 in the first quarter. Jimmy had 24 at half, and Duncan Robinson was the next highest Heat player at six. So the will to win was really important in that first half because it would have been way worse if yeah. Jimmy didn't take over. And then midway through the fourth, that 21.4th quarter. What was really impressive in the last six minutes, they're, they're down a dozen, was just the variety and quality of defenders he was doing it against. He was doing it against Drew Holiday. Just dancing on him. Uh, he was doing it against Brooke, against Giannis, against whoever decided to come at him. And just a, a ridiculously fun night there in Miami. Him hitting all those shots, 21 points, yelling, this is my shit, uh, over and over and over again. That was a Jimmy game. We, we've we seen it before in the finals, not quite to this level. Um, but Jimmy can do this. Jimmy's just a special guy. It was a special night. 56 points, 9 boards, 2 assists, 19 of 28 from the field. He surpassed LeBron's Miami record of 49 postseason points uh, that he did back in 2014. And yeah, he led the Heat on a 30-13 to 13 run here over the final 6 and change of this game. They were down. It looked like they were losing, despite the great game that Jimmy had had up until that point. And, uh, you know, some other guy stepped up for the Miami Heat down the stretch, Caleb Martin, Lowry making some defensive plays, you know, bam chipping in here and there, but it was, it was just Jimmy. It just, it just straight up won them the game. That's nuts. That's uh, just, that's just Jimmy. That's just Jimmy. What can you say on his uh, Gwen Stefani holla back girl? Oh, this my shit. That's right. <laughs> he had two 20 point quarters against the best defensive team in the league in a must win game and then was hitting three pointers mm-hmm. to put the heat ahead. That was just an incredible, uh, Incredible performance, you know. He said playoff Jimmy's not a thing. I'd just be hooping. Fair enough, but this was a playoff Jimmy kind of game. The thing that everybody's going to remember when his career is over. He's got the Bucks on the verge of being a 1-8 loss uh, in yeah. a game that they had a mostly healthy Giannis. I agree with Tass. He looked good in the first half. In the second half, they showed a couple of clips of Giannis walking around, looking like he had a back injury, looking like he was sore. I didn't think he was necessarily super aggressive going to the hoop for the entire game. Didn't take a ton of free throws. Obviously passed the ball really well. The big-to-big alley-oop was there all night for the Bucks. Yep. But you could tell... This wasn't the Giannis that we're necessarily used to seeing where he's putting his shoulder down, getting to the line, and just living in the lane for the entire night. He was more of a perimeter player in this game, which kind of stuck out to me. And then, if that's the case, Jimmy was the best player on the court, like he has been for this entire series so far. That's why the Heat are up 3-1. Crazy. Yeah. Just, he was he was just literally crazy <laughs> in that last half of the, of the fourth quarter. It, it just... Even though the Bucks had little sporadic moments. Giannis did have an and one with three minutes left. They had a 25-point fourth quarter. They were up 13 points. Jimmy just literally couldn't miss, uh, and he was going to the line. So, there, so yeah, it was nice to see him hit threes too, which uh, doesn't happen a lot. Just that, that one in particular there in the fourth that he had and, and a couple earlier. He wasn't to be denied. I mean, that's, that's what it came down to. He took it. Is this over for the Milwaukee Bucks? Or do you still believe uh, in a Giannis-led team that they could win three in a row here against a Miami team who basically everybody picked against? I mean, it was a 1-8 matchup, so you're normally going to do that. But also, we saw them play the Hawks and lose. They didn't look good. Uh, and then here they are up 3-1. But do you think Milwaukee can do uh, what's been done before a handful of times? Or is this like, uh-oh, I, I don't know, with the way the level of Jimmy is playing at yeah, somebody's got to help Jimmy win another game here. He can't 
he can't just drop 50 on you every single time. That's sort of what happened against the Lakers in the finals. He goes and has that 40-plus point game, and you know he's hanging on the scorer's table, and they couldn't get it done because they couldn't help him. If Giannis is hurt, then obviously uh, the heater in the driver's seat. Um, you, you, they shouldn't have lost this game to get 62 combined from Brooke, who had a monstrous game, 36 from him. Uh, they just needed one of Drew Holiday and or Chris Middleton to step up, and, and they struggled. 14 from each of them, 32% combined. So what it comes down to for me is I think they still have a chance. Not, they, they, they blundered the game a little bit. Uh, they they, they you know, had some, some bad turnovers in Drew Holiday, just losing the ball with a minute left of Kevin Harlan basically saying, uh, Lowry picked, but pickpocketed Holiday. He just lost the ball. What are you supposed to say in that instance? I mean, he just lost the yeah. ball. That was just a bad one. He didn't steal that that Caleb Martin with, with a great save out of bounds. Usually the sure-handed Drew Holiday would grab that ball. All that to say, they can play better. Uh, there's no doubt. Those guards can play a heck of a lot better. But is Yanni's injured? Uh, I, I won't say it's over, but I think there's a chance. There's a chance what the do you Bucks think? come back. I don't think the Bucks lose in five. I think we're at least going to a game six. Mm-hmm. But Milwaukee's going to have to play defense. The Heat are scoring at a level right now that would lead the league in scoring. And they were one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They've just been hot from three. Duncan Robinson is able to stay on the court right now. This is basically happening after Tyler Hero all went out with an injury. Mm-hmm. And somehow Milwaukee can't figure out how to guard this Heat team, which is something we were saying back in 2021. Why doesn't Giannis ever guard Jimmy Butler? I don't think that'll probably happen in Game 5. As we've seen throughout the years uh, between this rivalry, that's just not the way Mike Budenholzer does things. Also doesn't like to call a timeout. 13-0 run, just let it roll. Weird call there. He's got to be a little bit better, I think, uh, as well going forward. Milwaukee will play their best game, I think, in Game 5. But they got to find out a way to stop a Heat team from scoring that basically everybody stopped from scoring this year. Yeah. It's insane that they're not able to get stops. Yeah, I guess the good sign is the next highest Heat player was, had 15 points. So it was just Jimmy, really, yeah. um, when it comes down to it. Jimmy will cool off a bit. In the end, Giannis is injured. Chris Middleton needed to be somewhat of that all-star, and he just wasn't. He, they just couldn't rely on him to be as good as he is, and that's the worrisome part. Their second star isn't there. Duncan Robinson has definitely found money for the Miami Heat here in this series. He's like uh, the the old cargo shorts you pull out in the spring, and there's like a twenty dollar bill in one of those pockets. They hadn't even didn't even know he had that pocket on that cargo short, and there's a lot of them, right? That's what he is. Probably like the original twenties too. Yeah, that's right. Not the big face twenties. If you put it in your pocket, in your cargo shorts pocket. A $20 bill. That was like in the 90s, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they've been updated since then. (laughs) But you're totally right. Duncan Robinson, the fact that he's able to stay on the court. Last night, a plus 15. He hit three threes. He's had a good series so far. Caleb Martin gave him huge minutes. Incredible celebration after the save and the three in Giannis's face from the corner. The face sucker just grabbed his own face. Very cool to see. But he's playing and giving a, a really good boost to the heat Robinson is good and Kevin Love has been able to at least contribute and give them enough depth pieces to stay competitive uh, against the Bucks after losing Hero after losing Victor Oladipo who was having a good game when he went down with injury super impressive from the heat to pull a season long rope-a-dope uh, <laughs> to suddenly play their best basketball in these four games against the Bucks. This is a fun tweet here from uh, Zachary A who usually chimes in for our No Buffs uh, Survivor podcast but he uh, tweeted in idea for today's show rank the six teams down 3-1 
Bucks, Grizzlies, Cavs, Clippers, Hawks, and Wolves from most likely to least likely to come back and win their series. And then he goes, I would go Bucks, massive gap, then the Grizzlies, the Cavs, and then a big gap to the Clippers, Wolves, and Hawks. That's the order Zach goes with, sort of agreeing with your idea that maybe Milwaukee could do this. Though, again, the level Jimmy Butler plays at in the postseason, it's like he's going to have three chances to have one more Jimmy Himmy Butler game. Uh, Jimmy gets buckets game, so good luck with that. But I think that's uh, pretty close to the order you would maybe rank them in. Anything? Uh, I would say Bucks number out? one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he had. Most yeah. likely uh, to do it. Uh, the Grizzlies, I suppose, are the number two, but I really think the Bucks are the only one who could do it. Okay, okay. I've got a tiny bit of hope for the Cavs. Cavs yeah. I don't think the uh, the Knicks are playing that exceptionally uh, exceptionally well. Julius Randle has not showed up. Yeah, they need one. They need one, and then uh, maybe they catch their flow. But there's a reason they're down three one. They're struggling. There's no doubt. Uh, as for like the most points scored ever in a playoff game, it goes Michael Jordan still at 63. Uh, I believe he's Jimmy Butler's dad. Uh, Elgin Baylor, 61. Donovan Mitchell, remember that, 57. Bubble. And then now, Jimmy Butler tied with Barkley, Wilt, and another MJ game at 56. That was the fourth greatest scoring performance in a postseason game we've ever seen last night. Should have been like 57. It, yeah, yeah. Hit a free throw. <laughs> I missed, I guess, three free throws in the end. Though yeah. I like Trey with a tweet this morning, ranking the 50-point games in terms of just how cool they are or how best they are. You would think, well, hold on, 59 would be the best 50-point game. No, it's not. It's 55. No chance. 59, <laughs> is, uh, 59 is the best possible score you could get in a round of golf. If you get a 59, you're on top of the world. But 55 is by far the coolest looking number in the 50 to 59 range. So for me, it's tops. Uh, us humans are just drawn to these round numbers. Mm-hmm. 50, 55, like a 57. That's just ketchup, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 56, yeah. I don't mind. It's a good linebacker number as well. Jimmy sure. Butler plays football style. Uh, I think. What were your top uh, yeah. three? 55. 50. Yeah. And then 59. I mean, it's still, it's still a lot of props. It's You're almost lot. at 60. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Agree or disagree with yeah, that? Yeah, I think it's been burned in our minds after watching every linebacker or every big man in high school pick 55 and then 50. I would say 54 or 56 was picked more. Maybe 51, too, than a 59. I would, I would probably go. Yeah, 59 go. is not a... Nobody wants Not that. Not a desirable number. No, Nobody no. wants that. Trey had the entire list there. He tweeted it out. And my only disagreement, and somebody else had chimed in, I thought you had 51, maybe a little too low. 51's a good number. 51 just yeah. sounds cool. Can't deny it. <laughs> so yeah. I would have bumped it up Very a little cool. bit. But definitely agree with 55 <laughs> and 50 as one, too. As yeah. Uh, yeah, 56 is up there, but a good Daryl Talley by you. That's that's a that's a 56 for me as well. Daryl Talley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a number. Uh, uh, one other thing. Else, yeah, uh, yeah we, you went through these guys who've had 50-plus point games. Yeah. MVP-level guys, and getting to that MVP-level talk after the game because Ali LaForce post-game asked Jimmy Butler, how'd you like those MVP chants? And he said, no, nah, I'm not the MVP. Joel Embiid is the MVP. Mm-hmm. How much more in the open can this luring seduction of Joel Embiid be? I mean, when is Jimmy Butler going to be fine for tampering? Nah, you uh, can't he, find he, the players. That's oh, right. He, he's, Smart. He has to be fine. He has to be <laughs> no, fine. No. I mean, they're still in the playoffs together. They, they can see each other in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And, and he's still 
trying to get him to Miami. How, uh, Trey brought it up. Trey called a shot year. a while ago. He Years said Joel ago. Embiid is going to be on the Heat. And then Embiid immediately tweets about Jimmy Butler. Playoff mother and Himmy Butler. Get a room. <laughs> Honestly. These get two. a team together again. <laughs> uh, I hesitate to even mention this. But Michael Jordan, in his 63-point game, A, the Bulls lost that game. That's right. B, 54 points in regulation. That was a double OT game. Good point. Donovan Mitchell, 57 points in the bubble. So the Jimmy Butler, this might be the best scoring game we've seen in the playoffs in 60 years. Could okay. be argued. Could okay. be argued. Hey, hey. Could be argued. It's true. That's yeah, true. we have been swayed in the other direction now. Now we think every point total is inflated, right? And every number is inflated. So we, we can't. We just think, oh, 56, that's big. It's bigger than anything in the past. But we just can't see things clearly anymore. Would that's you bet on somebody in this postseason beating or tying, let's say, MJ 63 in a playoff game? Well, Trey brought up Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain could do it, of all people. And then Desmond Bain went and had a monstrous game uh, in the second game we're going to talk about. I mean, Booker, obviously. Nah, the teams are getting so smart in taking the ball out of players' hands. Like, Jimmy's was so damn efficient. It just happened so fast, 19 of 28. I don't I don't think it can happen. I don't, oh, I don't think God. it's going to happen. Well, it absolutely could happen. Well, the way could. these guys get to the line, too, Is that's the part that he gets to the free throw line a ton. Embiid could have a game like that. You know, Hell, Giannis, for all we know, in Game 5 could have a game like that. Like, KD, of course. Yeah, there's there's a handful of guys that could flirt with this, I think. Oh, and I, you just saw one. Yeah, do it. I, yeah. Anyway, Jimmy Butler's not a guy you would have on the list no, to have really. a 56-point game. This is his third 50-point game of his career. I think he hasn't had one since he was with the Bulls in 2017. Mm. And if he's going for 56, it could easily happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the an- no would be the favorite. Will somebody go over 60 or get to Jordan 63? But not a big favorite. Crazy. What a game. Uh, any other notes from the Heat? And got, the, got the face sucker. Got the face sucker. In, yeah, you so, like it? Uh, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a, very cool. Uh, I remember my dad. You know, he's an old man. He used to say back in the day when they would hit a shot, they would just go right like that, right to the face. Right. No, no Deshaun Stevenson like shaking, no John Cena shaking, and definitely not a Caleb Martin face grab. Yeah. But it took it to the next level. <laughs> you know, great stuff. We had a Big lot of fun with fan. that on playback. So shout out to so everybody funny. that joined us last night watching uh, this very entertaining game, which looked like the Bucks were going to be tying it up, the series 2-2, and then until Jimmy said, no, 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 no. We're going back to Milwaukee with a lead. What a game. Second game on TNT last night, not bad either. LeBron James, first career 2020 line, powers the Lakers to the overtime victory, and they have a 3-1 series lead heading back to Memphis. We have, uh, I guess, three series where the road team, going into game five in the other opponent's barn, has a chance to win it here when you include the the Knicks there and and the Cleveland series. But what would you think of this one, Tassie? Uh, Awesome game. Awesome support players helping the Lakers get there, get to the line there. In that fourth quarter, they were down. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, three big threes. Uh, <laughs> bang, dancing. bang, bang, baby. Uh, that was enormous when Desmond Bain was trying to put this game away. And then Austin Reeves, uh, 45 seconds left, ball swung to him. 
and a huge drive right to the rim. Uh, feeling fine. Uh, he he looked so good helping out. And obviously, a lot of talk about LeBron's drive at the end of regulation to send this baby to overtime. Xavier Tillman, who played him really, really well throughout the fourth quarter, bodying him, but LeBron was able to go by him and not enough help uh, coming fast enough. And Jaron Jackson Jr. just coming just a bit late. Oh, just a bit late. He reached up and LeBron put it way up. He put it high. Way up. The slow-mo is gorgeous, hitting the top of the box and it going down. Uh, they tried. Um, Dylan Brooks, not sure what he was doing on that possession. Uh, I, I, if you look back at what the Warriors were able to do against Aaron Fox, get the ball out of his hands with Curry and uh, Draymond Green forcing Harrison Barnes to take a shot. Feels like what they should have done with LeBron. Just come a little bit quicker to help out both uh, Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain just watching a little bit too much on that play. Um, and a miraculous performance. I mentioned the support players first, even before LeBron, because Austin Reeves leads this team in scoring. Anthony Davis had seven points through regulation, and they still win this game. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a testament to all of them. Uh, it's unfortunate Desmond Bain's really great game gets... Um, yeah, goes for nothing, really. Uh, and uh, Morant, tough game. And Dylan Brooks, tough game. Uh, you can ask why he's on the floor if he's not guarding uh, LeBron James in those instances. What is he adding if he's not on? If he's not guarding LeBron? Uh, and then really tough afterwards where Morant and Dylan Brooks do not talk to the media. Not a good look, IMO, uh, especially when your season is on the line. To me, this felt like a glimpse into the future because I thought this was the oldest LeBron has ever looked in a game. He was deferring the entirety of the fourth quarter. The two points at the end of regulation whereas his first two points in the fourth quarter. It looked like he had zero burst. It looked like when he got into the lane, he was just jumping up in the air, was worried he wasn't going to be able to elevate over Jaron Jackson Jr., and then dishing it out for somebody to try and take a shot. The Lakers were not hitting, but then he came through in the clutch and did a whole bunch of else outside of trying to score the rebounding was crazy 20 rebounds that's a lot of roast beef in the playoffs he took two charges on John Morant seven assists uh as well for LeBron not a surprise but that was to me like I mean LeBron's one of the oldest guys in the league already he's 38 years old but that's how he will be playing when he's 48 years old (laughs) you know just maintaining his body until the last possible second when the Lakers needed him to score because they weren't getting it from anybody else. D'Angelo Russell had a terrible game, except for when he had three straight threes that completely put him back into it. And yeah, the Bane thing is tough because he was on fire for 45 minutes and then went ice cold for the worst possible eight minutes. Last three minutes in overtime, one for five on pretty good looks. He was scoring efficiently inside, could not hit threes, even though uh, the Grizzlies were getting some pretty wide open attempts for Bain from the corner, places where he's usually money. So tough misses there. But uh, for LeBron to have a 20-20 line on a night when it doesn't look like he has it athletically against an incredible defensive team, that's goat stuff right there. That was incredible. He said, quote, I've done some pretty cool things in my career but I've never had a 2020 before, so that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> pretty cool. LeBron James uh, even impressing himself with that 2020 line uh, with all of the rebounds there. And how about the play at the end of regulation where AD gets the block and LeBron oh, splashes yeah. the 70-foot awesome. bomb or whatever the hell it was. It was too late. It was in bead-like. We had seen that already uh, earlier this year. It was but amazing. Holy crap, thing goes in. But in overtime, I mean, look, you're just uh, you're, you're starting it all back up 0-0, and they really came out with the aggression there. And then he had the 
clinching basket against Dylan Brooks, where he just took him to the net, flex put him in the him. net, and then flexed him. He got the and one there. Uh, what did you think about the scary falls there from John Morant a couple times in this game and those two pretty significant charges uh, called against him where LeBron was the one drawing the charge? And it was, ooh, was it? <laughs> Especially that one. I did not think LeBron was fully there. Yeah, I agree. A little reckless. Yeah. Coming in late, and then it's happening more and more and more, and this man is jumping higher and higher and higher. We're just going to get more of these falls. Mm-hmm. I think what Jaw's doing is reckless. How are you supposed to defend that if you can't take a charge? He's just flinging his body in the air and trying to draw a foul. you got to be able to do something. Yeah, but LeBron is late. He's not even... He's not stationed. He's coming in. The, the rule is after the upward motion starts. Like He is coming in after. It's like sliding in under a shooter, but this is a driver, and there's got to be a better way of protecting them. There, there has to be. I think it's on jaw to not, to not do that. Stop, stop driving? Yeah, yeah. Stop. Yeah, I, I mean, kind of flinging his body like that. That's not offense. I mean, that's me. those were both clear charges because jaw was completely out of control. There's got to be some sort of way to defend him because what are you supposed to do? Challenge him at the rim? You're going to call for a flagrant foul if you go up and knock him out of the air. Yeah, guys have to jump. I I mean, knock him out of the air, yeah. Um, you have to jump straight up. I think I think that's uh, allowed. I mean, that's that, that. I think that is the sort of the balance. Um, you won't get called for that. They couldn't also even look at these because for whatever reason, both of these coaches used their challenge in the first <laughs> half. It was like five minutes to go in the first half. What were they doing? Like, honestly, no that's it. a little weird uh, in, in a very important game here that the Lakers pull out. But I thought that was strange. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of talk about the idea. It's been going all postseason. It feels even through the regular season. The, the idea of a guy going airborne and then a guy coming in maybe a little too late. And then, the you know, obviously the drastic fall. And whether or not we want to ban that. It's the, the charge call. How do you? Is he set? Is he leaning? Is he there? I mean, everybody's got an opinion on it. I thought the one, no, and I thought the other one, yes. You're right. It doesn't help Jaws' case that he – it looks reckless because it sort of is. It is, yeah. Um, so it doesn't help your case to not, you know, not get that charging call. But also, I don't think a guy should be able to slide in under, under a guy. I don't think that's uh, basketball either. But if they think he's there, they say that's a charge. Yeah, it's LeBron James too. I'm sure that comes into play. Um, wild ending. This wasn't a pretty game when you think about it. Like, down the stretch – uh, and sort of the play, but the Lakers do enough here. And AD, defensively, like, it would have been interesting to hear if they had lost this game in overtime, would people have been going in on AD? Like, oh, God, you know, whatever, 10 points. He finished with 12, but let's say they lose and he doesn't score in overtime, whatever. Um, would people be going, what the heck, AD? Of course. If he uh, had seven in regulation, it, it yeah, could have I mean, easily be done then. Uh, and uh, that's why I don't really have faith for the Lakers to go extremely deep. Uh, they, they just – you can't rely on Braun and AD to do it over and over and over again. I, I think that's it's becoming clearer. Uh, and they got done a game they, – they, they won a game where the Grizzlies shot really poorly. Obviously, the Lakers are scrambling, but the Grizzlies – other than uh, Desmond Bain, who needed to take every shot <laughs> down the stretch, they didn't really get a good offensive game from anybody. <laughs> um, that's it. I mean, Xavier Tillman was their, their most efficient guy beside uh, Desmond Bain, um, who you know had to take a lot of shots. So Lakers got by in this one. They obviously scrapped and fought hard, but I don't have faith that they can go deep. I, I can't see them doing 
game in and game out. Uh, in two LA games, Dylan Brooks, he wound up shooting 7 of 22 from the field, 2 of 12 from deep, obviously ejected in game three for hitting LeBron in the nuts. Last night, LeBron, you know, going at him, picking on him a little bit on those one on one situations, at least in some pivotal possessions, especially in overtime there. And then he didn't speak to the media after yeah, the zero, game. And zero press conferences in Los Angeles. Yeah, and he's still it's trying to for, find the guy who crashed the hot dog car into the clothing store. Uh, you got to back up your trash talk. On the floor? Would be the best move, but then to at least sort of face the music, uh, and he sort of did avoid that, and then is trying to spin it into like, oh, well, you're making me the villain here. Not a good look for Dylan Brooks, and and now like you're hearing like Tim McMahon saying like they're trying to trade this guy already, and yeah. they're done with him in the Grizzlies locker room. Uh, yeah, it's been a rough week here for Dylan Brooks. Like you said, he felt like he was in the highest he had ever been. Yeah, yeah, he had a great run, uh, trash talking with uh, Shannon Sharp, with Draymond Green, and then he thought he had LeBron. Mm. Thought he had him. You know, they won that game without John Morant, one-one heading back to L.A. Pfft. All he's doing is taking three pointers, box him out. Twenty rebounds last night. Like literally, just put a body on LeBron. That was a huge impact. LeBron. Cleaning the glass the entire night. That's how you win games. Like, that's how you win in the playoffs. This was not a fun game. This was not a a well-played game. So you got to scrap it out. And the Lakers were more willing to do that. Yeah. Also, we talked about Duncan Robinson being found money for the Heat in that series. Uh, In this game, at least, Jared Vanderbilt uh, early contributing 15 points. He only scored 12 in the first three games combined. So he actually... Uh, helped out the Lakers last night there. And, and uh, you know, Darvin Ham with the quote after the game, too. If D'Lo doesn't play the way he played, we don't win this game. It, it's going to be sort of forgotten, but those three threes were massive. I mean, they were down seven. He just hits, rips off three threes, and then fouls out. <laughs> and otherwise, it played a brutal game. Otherwise, it played a brutal game. series. He had been garbage for most of this series. But, you know, this is the playoffs, right? It's like... Hey, Playoff save road. us for a couple minutes here. Get us back in it, it as he obviously did. Huge. So it was nice to hear Darvin Ham point that out. Uh, my only final note from this game was, uh, how about Stan Van Gundy sounding like PJ Carlissimo on the call? <laughs> I thought it was PJ at first. <laughs> Brought him back? But man, his voice was shot and Is raspy. Is it season out there in LA? <laughs> man, it was stuff Van Gundy. He was just working too many games. You know, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, a lot, of, that. a lot of travel, a lot of late nights, a lot of prep work. <laughs> he sounded crazy, though. Uh, anything else from the Lakers going up three one? No, not as confident in the Grizzlies' chances as maybe the the Bucks to come back. Nah, no, no. Morant's got to score a little bit. Eight for twenty four in this one. One of six in the fourth in overtime, and yeah, the hand definitely playing a part in all of this for sure. Nice pass though. Great pass. Hands. Yeah. Oh, when he sure. had. The, the behind the back was nice in traffic uh, where we're like at that point Ja was trying to play left handed is really what it looked like he found Tillman I think for the lefty behind the back in traffic and then that dump off to Bain after I think it was after LeBron had drawn two charges on Ja with him just like screaming to the rim he was doing it again had the fast break but somehow just like boop yeah. little drop off to Bain that seemed like the game right there because that was such a huge momentum play he's laying next to the stanchion doing his eye goggle kind of things right Felt like it was over, but it was not over yet. Mm. No. I, I do have to say, uh, this story coming out of the Lakers camp of uh, the guys on the team letting LeBron down because LeBron had told them, hey, let's get two in Memphis. <laughs> and then they split. <laughs> and everybody was all, oh, we let poor LeBron down. <laughs> and LeBron read the room. He said, hey, it's okay. 
It's okay. We'll take care of business here at home. <laughs> what a weird story. I guess it was Tristan Thompson, right, relaying this to Jared Greenberg, which uh, is so funny to me. Oh, we're sorry, LeBron. We didn't win both in Memphis. Man, we didn't really mean to let, let you, you down, down like that. But, yeah, Tristan Thompson's got to pay LeBron back for getting him signed. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tell his story. That isn't that that's right. That's like kind of right. Well, Hype he, me up, bud. Oh, yeah. He was just signed. I will for tell your story. It's like the guy in the movie 300 uh, with the uh, um, the Greek warriors, right? Well, who's the main guy? I forget the main guy. Uh, He's the badass. Yeah, Leon, Leonidas? Yeah, something I like that. So. But right? then it's, yeah. the, it's, the, it's the other guy telling the story of him. And then, yeah, uh, he just stands there. Tristan the Thompson the is the Samuel Tarley of the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's a more timely uh, reference. Uh, all right, so Lakers up 3 1, Heat up 3 1. My God, what a playoffs. Uh, we got to take a break. And when we come back, a lot of NBA news to dissect, including Ime Yudoka going to the Rockets. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, back here in the Classic Factory, I wanted to uh, find out who the heck I was talking about there from 300, the Spartan that I couldn't come up with his name, who told the story. So I typed in blindfolded 300 into my little Google, and the first thing that popped up was gynecologist bowls a perfect 300 game while blindfolded. But it's, but apparently it's sports satire. <laughs> Makes what a it even weirder. Joke. <laughs> uh, Delios, that was the name of the guy with the eye patch, fighting right. alongside the uh, Spartans against the Persians there in the movie Three Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes Dylan Brooks Xerxes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Get on your photoshops, people. <laughs> Throw an eye patch on Tristan Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my story. Uh, all right, we got some NBA news. Utah Jazz forward Lowry Markkinen has been named the NBA's most improved player. The news came at just past 2 a.m. Tuesday in Helsinki, where Markkinen is currently fulfilling his military service that is mandated for all Finnish men to do before they turn 30. But Lowry Markkinen got 69 of the 100 first-place votes for MIP. He appeared on every ballot. SGA got 24 first-place votes. He finished second. Jalen Brunson got four first-place votes. He finished third. But Lowry Markkinen... The finisher. Was he interviewed? Was he? Well, was there a quote? There. Well, yeah, they oh, had yeah, him on there. Did. It was very late. Oh, that's he nice. Like a tired man. <laughs> <laughs> he looked tired. He looked like he was in a boring room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just put him in a gray room. Uh, but wake not up a real at zero two hundred hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had to make his bed. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, congrats to him. I mean, again, not really a surprise. It was these three guys as our finalists. And, uh, you know, Markkinen logged career highs in scoring. Guy averaged 25.6 points per game. Not bad. Uh, 8.6 rebounds per game. Nearly two assists. Got to the line a ton. And he flirted, flirted with the 50-40-90 club 
49.9% overall from the floor, 39.1% from three, and 87.5% at the line. So what a year for this guy who obviously made his way to Utah in that Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah, it was kind of hard to separate Lowry and Shea for me because like, Shea could have easily got it. Um, both first-time All-Stars, it's nice. 125, 124. One a big who shoots threes. One a guard who does not shoot threes. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, they're kind of opposites, but kind of the same. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's for the voters, it's... The unexpected story, which is Larry Markinen versus the good to amazing right. Shea Gilgis Alexander. But maybe he'll get some some MVP votes to make him happy oh, yeah. uh, for Shea. He'll, he'll appear on some ballots. End of the ballots, I believe. Yeah. yeah Shea will. Uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, this is this is incredible, actually, from Markinen. And I'm not surprised. He kind of blew out Shea Gilgis Alexander here. He improved more. He founded the 200-100 club. Yeah. Don't even think about the 100 club. First in NBA history with 200 made threes and 100 dunks. He was in a better system. This is the best system he's played in in Utah. Basically five out, a lot of room to operate. The ball moves a lot in Utah as well, but also Markinen just got better as a player. Bulls fans think he learned to just take one more dribble, and that's why he's getting all these dunks rather than trying to fly over guys and make an impossible play. He was just a lot stronger this year, and apparently Will Hardy said, just do what you were doing for Finland. Yeah. He did. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't have to just put the ball on the floor and try and be an ISO player every time. I can run. I can catch. I can dunk. It's easy. Simplified. Well-deserved there, MIP, for Larry Markkinen. All right, this next piece of news uh, I think caught some people by surprise. Reports from the big heavy hitters of the NBA world, the Houston Rockets are going to be hiring ex-Celtics coach Ime Yudoka. Tass, were you shocked by this news? That uh, At least this pairing? Because it felt like Nick Nurse was going to be coaching the Rockets and maybe Yudoka was going to be going to the Raptors. That's what a lot of people were believing. Mm. And instead, it's Yudoka. Going to, to go to Houston. Yeah, I think we're all sort of surprised. So there's the the basketball part of things, and then there's the off-court part of things. On the court, I wonder how this is going to work because it's a young Rockets team, and Yudoka is a no-nonsense type of guy. By all accounts, the Celtics players, uh, you know, describe him as, as sort of a, a like, a, like a, a real strict guy that held him – to account at all times, and I wonder how that's going to work with the Rockets' locker room. Uh, they're going to be called out, called out in the media, called out in person, and I wonder how that's going to work. Now, I, it could work just in terms of players. Uh, he really worked well with Robert Williams and Al Horford and Jabari Smith Jr. and Alperin Shengun. Could be awesome defensively. You know, not quite defensive players like like Horford and Williams, but it could work. Uh, but I wonder how the personalities are really going to jive there. Uh, well, don't they just need to bring in a bunch of experienced players, vets, to add to the end of the bench or even, you know, some rotation? Yeah, but I don't. I think it's pretty combustible still. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to work extremely well. I mean, the Celtics situation was almost uh, – didn't work all that well at first. Uh, there was some butting of heads. And with, you know, guys like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., I just wonder how it's going to work. Yeah, vets are going to help. Yeah. So I can't wait to see how it all works. On paper, it kind of makes sense. Um, but he also has to come out and explain what happened – behind the scenes and come clear with that he can't just they can't just try and sweep it under the rug which you can sort of see as a possibility but they have to be open about it and mm-hmm. uh, I, I know the Nets were almost close to hiring if you remember that it was a wild season uh, we went through the Nets timeline they were close to hiring him a month after the Celtics suspended him for a year and the Celtics players were you know almost vouching for him at first they were upset that he was suspended and and 
when he was almost hired by the Nets, they were they were also sort of hurt. There's a lot of emotions. I think Udoka has to has to come clear, come clean with everything, and just you know talk about it uh, and and make a better situation of, of what happened because there are a lot of people who are hurt uh, and you know some some lives changed because of what he did. What yeah, Tass is exactly right. We need to hear from Udoka what happened with the Celtics suspension. We got to hear from Tillman Fertitta about the investigations they would have done prior to the hiring. And something we won't hear is Udoka and Fertitta, or Tillman Fertitta addressing the women who work for the Rockets, because surely there are a lot of them who are going to have a problem with this hire, rightfully so. Ime Udoka preached accountability and transparency and then wasn't walking the walk off the court. We haven't heard from right. him since. We got to hear from him about that and pretty much right away at his opening press conference. So that's definitely something interesting to watch on the court. Makes sense to me. Like, Udoka was a, an in-desire coach even before going to the Celtics had the great run there uh in his first year calling people out the Rockets probably need that I think they're going to look a lot different next year they've got 60 million dollars in cap space we heard so many teams say they need vets in the locker room so surely that will uh be part of the team building over the summer and who knows what happens with James Harden I think he's more likely Mm. to come to a Rockets team if they have a well-known big name coach like Emo Odoka is I don't know if it's going to happen, but he's more of a lure than a guy getting their very first shot uh, in the league. So Rockets probably look different next year. And I think the fact that Udoka comes in with an identity, we're going to play defense and you better play hard or else you're going to get trashed in the media. That's going to help with Houston. If you've been living under a rock and uh, don't really know what happened with Udoka and the Boston Celtics that led to his suspension there this season, an independent law firm... They looked into it, and they found out that Yudoka used crude language in his dialogue with a female subordinate before the start of an improper workplace relationship with her. That's what we know right now, but I'm with you guys, especially the guy that preaches transparency, accountability. They need to right now address this, what happened, what they've learned, moving on, the steps and all of that, and they can't just pretend it didn't. I I think that would be unwise. We'll see how the Rockets uh, and him do or at all talk about it um but as a head coach they wanted a legitimate name they had said that you know the rockets had stressed that we don't want someone sort of like an upstart head coach uh we want someone to come in here and the guy's got some coaching acumen i mean did take a team to the finals a team that wasn't doing well like you said tass they had players calling players out if you remember smart calling out some of the 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 jays there in in jalen and tatum and they all sat down apparently led by yudoka and cleared the air and then went from there and went on an incredible run and helped out i think with horford in the locker room and stuff like that so that'll be a big part too that stone will have to bring in guys that are just established players not like to like play 40 minutes a game but just to help your jalen greens and your and your smiths and your shenguns and stuff like that and maybe kevin porter jr that'll be fascinating too if he can uh, sort of unlock him and make him a real nba player He'll get a chance, I think, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they, uh, I don't know when they plan on talking or when they plan on addressing or introducing him, I should say, but. Yeah, it's a good question. Yudoka has not spoken publicly since and needs to do that. He is the opposite of Steven Silas, (laughs) really, in terms of coaching, so that it's got to be better than what happened uh, this season where players, yeah, were basically saying, this is a, a bad locker room, bad situation. And at the end of it all, you know, through the ups and downs, Celtics players were clamoring for 
the dude. He, they were they wanted to vouch for him. They wanted to fight for him, and uh, they were hurt when it all uh, went down. Mm-hmm. That's why some people, Celtics fans, maybe are a little concerned that this could be Jalen Brown eventually heading to the Houston Rockets, because mm-hmm. that was a guy that's particularly loved. Ime Yudoka. Also, he gets to go to a franchise here with a strong possibility, I guess a 14% chance, of landing the number one pick in Wembenyama. And holy crap, would that possibly turn a franchise around, or you would think so, in a heartbeat. Um, next piece of news, not so fun. De'Aaron Fox, fractured finger. Doubtful for game five. If he does try and play, probably going to have to wear a protective covering there on that left index finger which you would assume would affect his ability to, you know, dribble and shoot and stuff like that um, because he is left-handed. This sucks because this is the most exciting series. Had been fairly healthy outside of the, uh, you know, Draymond Green uh, um, suspension Mm -hmm. in one of those games. But now we have our first real injury of it, though he could play in this. Uh, And I think, Will, you believe he will, Trey, probably with some protective covering and see how he goes. Yeah, it's an avulsion fracture, which is like what happens when the ball hits the very tip of your finger. Sometimes it bumps up and you get a little lump there like I had on mine. You tape it up. He's going to play. It's going to affect his finger, though, because it is his shooting hand, his index finger. So the ball's going to be feeling weird coming off of it. But, um, yeah, it's just it's going to be painful. Uh, It's going to get hit, no doubt, during the game. Uh, But I assume that Fox will be out there playing, and maybe once the adrenaline gets going, it hurts a little bit less, and he's able to figure out how to play with whatever sort of thing they give him on his finger. I think the key, though, is that they got to start Malik Monk. If Fox is going to be a little bit hampered here, they can't have Fox playing at 80%, Kevin Herter not able to hit. They're going to need Monk to attack the rim, to be a second-side creator, and just take a little bit of the playmaking load off of Fox. So I thought it was something that Mike Brown should consider from Game 5, even before we knew De'Aaron Fox had any sort of injury. But now I kind of think it's a must. Yeah, it's a good call. And Kevin Herter has had experience with the Hawks coming off the bench, being sort of uh, in and out of the starting lineup in that 2021 postseason run. So it, it totally makes sense. Monk may not be as sped up playing beside Fox as he was in those last few minutes uh, where, yeah, things look bad. Uh, but maybe starting beside him helps out. Fox, yeah, I got to play through an injury. It's, I imagine the dude's going to play. Yeah. Uh, great conversation yesterday. Uh, Matty O brought up why even put this on the injury report if he's going to play. Why even let the other team know about it? I guess things just have to be transparent and clear these days. And that 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 is part of the old gambling game that you got to mm-hmm. let people know about the injuries. Uh, but Darius Soriano covered the Lakers for a long time. Gave a nice example of Kobe playing through this injury. Same finger, shooting hand, index finger. And Kobe learned how to shoot the ball off his middle finger a little bit more. Just let it roll off his middle finger. Uh, as the ball was released from his hand, is he, is he going to have to work rework these mechanics for uh, you know these next couple games? Maybe to some degree, maybe it's just going to happen naturally. But he's going to play through it. He's going to absolutely fight through it. I imagine. Uh, well, I mean, he continued to play in the game after he yeah. did this fracture, like sort of midway through the fourth. There, uh, hitting his finger off of Looney, really after the whistle was called, hit a jumper. You know, hit I believe a free throw or two. Hit that three, obviously, three. but. People will say, yeah, that's like, you know, your adrenaline's pumping, you're in a huge game. 
Now you take a couple days off. Yeah, does the pain set in? Does the discomfort? Does it swell? And all that. Uh, so we'll see how it affects him. Hopefully he at least plays in this game. This guy in this classic series, Fox is averaging 31.5 points per game, six boards, seven assists, and two and a half steals. He's been by far the Kings' best player. He's been easily one of the top performers in the postseason. Like if we were making the, you know, all-NBA playoff team right now, he's probably on the first team. Uh, how special he's been, or he's at least one on the first or second team. So this will uh, this will be interesting during the regular season. If you care about this, the Kings were four and five in games played without De'Aaron Fox, uh, but hopefully he gives it a go. And they don't play until Wednesday night in Sacramento in that series, all tied up at two games apiece. Someone who will not be playing in Game Five, Dejounte Murray. The NBA suspended the Hawks guard for Game Five tonight of that series against the Celtics for making inappropriate contact with and verbally abusing a referee. And we showed you this yesterday. The incident occurred in the closing seconds of Sunday's game as DeJounte walked off the court in defeat, stepping to the official, bumping him. I guess he had some words for him as well, the league says, and uh, gets a game for it. Not, Does, not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> Does that fan get paid for that video he took of DeJounte That's Murray bumping the official? <laughs> That's, That's the the video that's being shown around Very true. he went at him there's no doubt i wonder if uh, Dejounte murray even flew to boston <laughs> to me you just you're saying this series is over by losing your cool like that and uh, being down three one it you know it's partly i guess that's what it is it's just losing his cool I, I don't think it's him deciding i'm going to cancun but it's him i guess no one in the back of his mind i mean just just a whole bag of sadness there what, what happens with this Hawks team going forward now. Um, I wonder that what's going to happen with the changes that happen in this offseason. DeJounte Murray's got a, one more year on his contract. They gave up so much for him. We, they going forward with Trey and DeJounte as their, their two guys, uh, you know, max money type guys, because they're going to have to extend DeJounte Murray. Bad ending, because uh, this is the end. Because uh, DeJounte, you, you mentioned the best playoff performers. DeJounte has been... Fairly solid uh, for the Sox team. He's, he's been pretty good. I know there's been some helter-skelter shooting, but he's been reliable uh, to some degree, so now now it's over. Yeah, well, any thoughts on this? This intentional contact there sort of triggers that automatic suspension. That was an obvious suspension. Yeah. I mean, he might have gotten a suspect, or at least a fine for just the verbal assault yeah. afterwards, too. The way he, I mean, he bumped him, and then it was, I'm going to the other ref and yelling at him. So, yeah, pretty unsurprising that Murray ended up getting suspended. But Tass is right. He's maybe been the Hawks' best player so far in this series. 25, 7, and 6 assists, 2 steals. He's shooting 45% from the field, almost 40 from 3. He's been really good. He was instrumental in the win they got, making shots down the stretch with Trey Young. Not to mention, the Hawks have played 9 guys total in this series. Hmm. They don't have a very deep team right now. Bogdanovich really struggled uh, in game four. Big game from DeAndre Hunter. I, I guess Bogdanovich probably gets the start. Maybe, maybe Bay if they decide to go a little bit bigger. Uh, but not great options no. uh, for <laughs> Quinn Snyder, which is not a surprise when your second best player goes and gets himself suspended. Have you seen the other clip from this game that I know Hawks fans were sharing and saying, hey, what about this of Jason Tatum uh, bumping an official frustrated with uh you know a, a call or a non-call there and sort of like going by him have you seen this clip no. going around yeah trey's gonna pull it up real yeah quick, i mean though, he, I he, cl- he makes contact with the official it. it's uh it's different than this one where Dejounte is obviously visibly upset and is mm. like stepping to him this is more like uh i guess you can almost call it inadvertent but we would have already seen saying, what the hell man he hit him 
He made contact with him. Uh, oh, oh, oh. He I does. Mean, he, he made forearm to stomach contact. Yeah. Perhaps a little bit of an extent. I know. So he gets... an offensive foul in the regular season, maybe not in the postseason. The ref should have flopped. <laughs> should have sold it. <laughs> I actually agree. Would have got the call. Would have got the call from the other official. Uh, but anyway, no DeJounte Murray, and I don't think it would have mattered if he was playing anyway because the Celtics are going to win this game and wrap up this series because they're just a better team. <laughs> uh, any, also true. Yeah, <laughs> sad but true. true. Uh, we got to take one more break. When we come back, tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Good night of basketball last night. Great night. Us fans enjoyed it. And some fans enjoyed it in Los Angeles as well. So here's a couple of great fan moments. Uh, (laughs) From last night in L.A. The first one comes from Basketball Poetry. Some good fan energy right here. (laughs) (laughs) For these two Laker fans who were sitting courtside uh, on the same side as the cameras. Hood up like Kevin Garnett on the back of the head. <laughs> the guy's just doing doing a lot of wacky arm moves, yeah. I guess you would yeah. say. A, a real Anderson Vergeau type. Yeah. Like inflatable thing outside of a... Yeah, a little bit. Gas little station, bit. you know, wacky inflatable arms guy. That was awesome. That was I do awesome. like to see those courtside fans getting into it. Yeah, those guys were standing quite a few times. Yeah. Um, 
hood guy and hat guy. I guess I would probably call them. They'd probably get names if the Lakers go on to lose that series and Joss like pointing yeah, at him or something yeah. like that. Like purple uh, shirt guy with Dwayne Wade. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. But it ended up inspiring the Lakers. So, well done. Yeah. Uh, new Laker bros for this season. The other <laughs> one are a couple of Laker bros who have been around for a long, long time. Oh, God. Jimmy Goldstein and Flea sitting courtside. Jesus. Are you more of a Jimmy or more of a flea? Oh, in this photo? You're wearing, you're wearing a, a crocodile fedora or gigantic orange bug glasses. I think I'm more of a Jimmy watching these late games. <laughs> That's how I look when we get to around midnight. Yeah. Especially overtime. <laughs> That's a good point. If this were actually flipped, it's like beginning of the night at the playoffs, just grinning ear to yeah, ear. By yeah. the end of the night, you're just hoping to stay up. Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> Fuck, these guys look old. These guys love basketball, man. These guys are sickos. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy is the ultimate sicko. And Flea loves his Lakers, obviously. Yeah. That's a nice hat, though. I mean, that is a nice hat. <laughs> love to see that on Mo Bernie. It's too big for his head, I think. I guess Jimmy's probably got a small head, but that's just a lot of hat. I've only seen Mo and small hats. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm definitely more of a Jimmy sitting down. <laughs> yeah? Just because Jimmy's sitting down to watch I'm, these games. I'm, I'm not standing I'm like I'm lying fully. down, I'll be honest, for a lot of these second oh, games. You're asking yeah, for absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But big old pillows propping me up, <laughs> right? I can't be, like, straight back. <laughs> With my head all I gotta be. How big are these pillows, man? Huge throw pillows. Huge. Got a couple of them. Like, I'm basically, it's like I'm in a chair. I'm in a recliner, (laughs) but it's my bed. (laughs) But I do like uh, the Bluetooth uh, AirPods in linked with the TV. Just like keeps me uh, more oh, you're engaged. Watching on TV, yeah, my wife's AirPods lying asleep in. right beside me. Yeah. I just thought I, I, don't, I assumed you were like on phone. No, 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 no. Isn't it bright? Yeah, she wears uh, the night mask. The there you go. Yeah, there sounds go. good. Nice. <laughs> cool. But, uh, yeah. That's... Should I give her free uh, fleas glasses? <laughs> <laughs> Those were some shades. <laughs> Adam Sandler also in, a, in attendance. Ooh, very br- uh, neon. Neon. Neon zip-up or whatever that was. He looked great, though, I thought. I mean, obviously the neon was uh, quite vibrant, but uh, not a lot of gray for Adam Sandler. That's a guy you would think would be going gray already, but he's not. And uh, if we're speaking of uh, celebrity fans. Basketball keeps him young. (laughs) I guess so. Speaking of celebrity fans, just to to, uh, to go back to MSG Game 4, did you see that um, Pete Davidson is now dating uh, Jon Stewart? (laughs) Because they're sitting beside each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stole that joke from the internet. I saw it on Twitter. I laughed. It's an odd combo. I would have definitely liked that. Uh, Game previews tonight. We got three game fives. And they could all end tonight. Hawks in Boston. That one, 7.30 on TNT. Boston up 3-1, obviously. Wolves in Denver. That's your NBA TV game. Denver leads it 3-1. They could finish it off. And the Clippers at Suns, 10 o'clock TNT. Suns up 3-1. Which series? Actually, you know what? Rank them. Series most likely to end tonight to maybe being extended to another game six. Task get us started. Ending tonight, yeah. Nuggets, Wolves, it's over. That series is over. The NBA TV, I'm going to be listening to Matt Weiner and Brendan Haywood, if that's who's on the call, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, this series took a bit no, of a... It's a... I believe they've given it to... Doesn't Grant Hill and Spiro have that one? Oh. I guess they switch it up, but I feel like they get, let them 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're they right. Are. I think yeah, they are. you're right. Yeah, because you're totally right. Because Weiner and Haywood did the NBA TV game for Clippers Suns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, know that. Such a court. And I know that because Weiner said Chris Paul took a serpentine route That's right. to <laughs> get to the elbow. Uh, and this series, the Nuggets series, took a serpentine route to get to five games. But we could have a. This could be a gentleman's win here tonight. A gentleman's sweep. But, from yeah. the Nuggets. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You uh, got anyways, that first. That's done. And what about the other two? You believe a little bit more in the in the Hawks and the Clips? <sighs> no, no, the Hawks are done. <laughs> okay. But I, I do believe in the, the Clippers to some degree. Okay. That, that fight, they've shown fight again through four games without their stars. Close. And no Kawhi again. Yeah, it's difficult to say that it's going to go on. But I do have belief in their fight. Tyloo's teams will not lay down. I would rank it though. Celtics most likely to win game five tonight. Then I'll go Nuggets. But it's very tight, one, two. And then I'll go Suns. But I actually think all three wrap up tonight. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with you. I had to change the question to which series is most likely to be extended. Yeah. Uh, Because then, I mean, maybe you can make a pitch. Which seems most realistic here? The Celtics don't shoot 40% from three. They've shot 40% from three in every game so far. Okay. And the best perimeter defender for Atlanta will not be playing tonight. That hurts. You could have a cold shooting night, though. It happens. <laughs> How about Anthony Edwards goes for 50, and we get a good game from Carl Anthony Towns? I, uh, like, yeah. Edwards has been rolling. Could squint and see it, yep. Or the Clippers could hit 23s and the Suns hit 7. That seems most likely to me. Uh, like, of, of those three scenarios, the Clippers getting hot from three, they have played... Solid uh, against the Suns. They're just obviously at a talent deficit with no Kawhi, no Paul George. But they like the math. They like to shoot threes, and perhaps they could get hot. So I guess uh, I guess I think the Clippers are most likely to extend the series. Okay. But I'm with you, Skeets. I think it's uh, three Jovers tonight. Okay, let's hear from everybody out there in the stream team, listening to the podcast later. Let us know how many of these series wrap up here tonight in Game 5. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Really appreciate it. If you're a podcast listener, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. We are back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern to recap these three games and what other whatever other NBA news comes our way this afternoon. And it's coming fast and furious. Actually, we have another award winner tonight. I assume it's rookie going to Paolo. But uh, that's all that's left. Rookie and MVP, right? Yeah, it must be rookie tonight. Not exactly. Exactly. Forgot about that. (laughs) Done a pretty sly job of slipping in clutch player of the year right away into like the major awards. Oh yeah, totally. They're just like, yeah, "Yeah, it's like, oh, this is an award now. Didn't save it. Just in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, I guess so. Act like you've been there (laughs) to the award. (laughs) I mean, it is clutch. It's a clutch award. It's coming through. Uh, All right, guys. Thanks for joining us here. We will see you tomorrow morning. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, a cat has nine lives, but a cat on the basketball floor has only six fouls. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. (laughs)